0: What's up everybody and welcome back to Multiverse Monologues, the podcast show where we like to travel across the multiverses and fandoms that we love to talk about the movies and shows that accompany those universes. And today, we are traveling to the Marvel Cinematic Universe once again to talk about Marvel's newest movie, Thor: Love and Thunder. The first MCU hero to receive four installments, four solo films, we've had Thor in 2011, Thor Dark World in 2013, and Thor Ragnarok in 2017. This is a first, but is it any good? That's what we're here to discuss. There's been a lot of online chatter, but it all comes down to right here and now at Multiverse Monologues. And I'd like to introduce to you the gentleman who helped run this podcast. First off, we have
1: Mr. Ethan Wentzloff. Ethan, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm I'm always pumped to come in this room and talk with you guys I'm, I'm talking about Thor, love and thunder. Yes, there was thunder, but did we love this movie? Let's find out. I'm ready to talk about this.
0: That might be your best one yet. That was beautiful. We also have joining us as always Mr. Micah Micah, how are you doing? I'm I'm doing
2: pretty good. I, I love talking with my would you guys call this work? Would you guys call this? I love talking with my friends from work. Ooh,
0: very nice. It's just a bunch of friends from work. But uh, before we get into this insane movie and all of Taika Waititi's goodness and maybe badness, uh, we would appreciate it if you guys subscribed on the YouTube channel and gave us a follow on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. A review on both of those podcast streaming sites would be greatly appreciated. But let's get into the review. Let's open our sling ring, boys, and head over to the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: Who seeks to end us all. And putting together the greatest team ever.
2: Are you packed? Yes. Ah!
0: Ah! We've got Korg.
1: He's my best friend. Yes! There's my ex-girlfriend Jane. Valkyrie. This is the best day of my life! The Guardians. Oh. And giant goats. Oh, look at those. They are wonderful. Yes, they are. They also scream quite a lot.
0: <laughs> All right, gentlemen. The time is now. Thor, Love and Thunder. I think this is probably, in recent memory, Marvel's most controversial film. Because if you spent any time online or listened to any of the big reviewers, there's great things to say, namely... Um, Eric Voss with New Rockstars has a lot of great things to say about this movie. He absolutely loves it. Everyone I've talked to that's not you guys, because I don't want to reveal what you guys think about it yet, has loved this movie. They've loved this movie. And I've seen also a lot of people online like Jeremy Johns who have really criticized this movie it's really split right down the road do we have the rotten tomato score right now i know that yesterday it was at a 70% but i'd like to see where it's at now with one day and a half almost of it being out in the public eye is it i want i want to i want to see if it's dropped or not
2: imdb is at a 7.1 so 7.1 not, not too bad rotten tomatoes okay. is at
1: right. 68% 68 is that audience or critic That is critic score. Audience score, let's see here, is at an 83%.
2: What's our Metacritic score looking
0: like?
1: Interesting. Interesting. So, yeah, this is definitely
0: a split Marvel film, but I think you're going to find a And I will say this,
1: Thor The Dark World sits at a 66% audience score. So this is 58% on Metacritic
2: Mm. with a 5.9 user score. People don't like this on, on Metacritic.
0: But who cares what those people think?
2: What matters is what we think. Yeah, our opinion trumps any opinion. So. Exactly.
0: And so, <laughs> Mr. Mike Ahead, I'll start with you. You're on the hot seat. Well, you know what? Hold on. I'd like to take a step back here because I'd like to, for those of you, I mean, there's going to be spoilers in this, but let's let's kind of recap the film and kind of go from where we are. Ethan has been very kind to give us a summary of of this recent marvel uh intro into the mcu so
1: ethan take it away yeah so of course thor Love and thunder directed by directed and written by taika watiti starring chris hemsworth natalie portman christian bale tessa thompson taika watiti and russell crowe as zeus and in this movie, the movie begins with Gore after he lost his entire family, he discovers the Sword that can kill gods, and he swears to kill them all due to their lack of involvement in their active followers' lives. He seeks an entity at the center of the universe known as Eternity who can grant one wish of the person who discovers him. And Gore's one wish? Destroy all gods. As a result, Thor, Jane Foster, Valkyrie, and Korg will team up to fight Gore. Jane, who we haven't seen since Thor the Dark World, is revealed to have cancer and can now wield Mjolnir and possesses the power of Thor. The four of them try to warn Zeus and other gods of Gore's plans, but they don't care. Later, our heroes fight and defeat Gore in the Shadow Realm, and Jane dies as a result. But Gore is touched by the moment and decides to stop killing gods. He uses his one wish not to destroy all gods, but to instead resurrect his daughter. Gore gets to meet his daughter one last time before he dies. Thor then becomes the adoptive father of Gore's daughter, Love, and they go together on new adventures where they are known as Love and Thunder.
0: Mr. Wensloff, that is an excellent summary of what many people have said is not the most excellent film, but...
2: We have our post-credit said, scenes, too.
1: Post-credit scenes. What? Well, what those were? Yeah, we have the... Uh, it's revealed that Zeus survives the uh, attack from Thor, and he talks to Hercules. It is revealed that Hercules is in the film. Ooh. And then we get another end credit scene with Natalie Portman and my my personal favorite part of this entire film, Idris Elba as uh, Heimdall returning in um, uh, Valhalla. Valhalla, yes. yeah. yeah.
0: Oh. That was good stuff, man. I'm not going to lie. Those post-credit scenes both kind of like and I've it's interesting to hear what people say cuz they're like, oh, "I don't know, Zeus being in the MCU and Hercules like they can't bring those in. Those are Greek gods." And to me, who is also a comic fan, like those characters have always been a part of the Marvel universe. Until now, they haven't had really the spotlight. But Hercules, I mean, Hercules has had his own comic run, yeah, a part of Marvel Comics. So it, I mean, it's nothing new. And I mean, he is a pretty big character. He joins the Avengers in the comics. So um, there's no new surprise there. But we'll get into it. And especially those post credit scenes and what it means for the wider MCU. But let's hear what we have to say and whether or not we liked this new movie and we'll start with Micah. What did you think of Thor Love and Thunder?
2: Uh, I guess the first thing to really say is, is it better than the last one? Ragnarok. What I wouldn't say it's better than Ragnarok. I think it's pretty uh, well uh, agreed on that it's not better than Ragnarok, but I think it's it's own sort of thing. It, it tries to be Ragnarok in, in a few ways. You can tell that there are a lot of improv scenes. I remember hearing that Ragnarok was a lot of improv. And that's what made Ragnarok so special over any of the other MCU movies so far. And they try to do it again, but there are some characters that just don't do improv in character as well as others. Uh, specifically Natalie Portman. I don't think that her improv parts are very Jane Foster. They feel more of just natalie portman talking um along the lines of character i don't know overall i thought that a lot of the jokes landed maybe a little too much screaming goats at times um but i love the visuals i love the i think the the story had a lot of potential they use quite a bit of that potential but not they use like 70 percent of the potential they like with the the romance between thor and jane they use like there's there's so much emotion going on but they could have taken it one step further you know just one more thing same thing with gore i think that they had the same sort of things going on where gore was a really cool character really well set up they the first scene of the movie is just fantastic i love the you know what we get to see with gore and the that one god and um and then the death of the daughter and then we get to see a little bit of his powers well, he's a new Asgard and stuff like that. But it's missing just a little... It's missing the mark by just a little bit.
0: Mm, okay. It's but-
2: not quite hitting it for me. But it was. But I'd still say it was a good movie. I think to relate it most to an MCU movie, it would be one of the older ones, like Phase 1 or 2. All the movies that we've had so far, uh, this year even, uh, just for like the Phase 4 movies, they've all been multiversal. They've all been time travel They've all been... All of these different things. Even even our shows are getting time travelly. Like we saw with Miss Marvel this week, mm-hmm. that it was time Um and that's probably why Ethan liked it so much this week. Because <laughs> you know I love my time travel. Yeah. Oh, my so uh, I think that maybe we had our expectations—not even expectations, but we're just accustomed to all of these grand multiverse big reveals crazy stuff happening and that's just not what this movie is it's its own thing it's very phase one two like
0: interesting okay and i also wanted to ask you about your relationship to the thor franchise oh yeah because i'm not gonna lie on this podcast i mean even before you joined thor has kind of been on the back burner Well you Definitely. haven't really covered a lot of thor related things. You know, we have done our top 10 superhero movies, which you got to do by the way. We got to get yeah. that in there at some point. But I want to know where you sit with those Thor movies. Do you like the first one? Do you hate the first one like everyone else? Do you love Ragnarok? What do you think? So,
2: I've seen all of the Thor movies. I've seen all the movies. I don't remember them as much. I I remember the plot line uh, I definitely really liked Ragnarok, but I don't know anyone who really doesn't. There are some critiques with Ragnarok, and I think that those hold true for this movie, too. Uh, that's just kind of Taika Waititi's style. But I, I don't know. I thought that they were okay. Nothing. Le- I think that Ragnarok and Love and Thunder take it to the next level. Like, comparing Love and Thunder to the first two Thor movies, it's definitely way better than both of those that I remember. Uh, just because it's so... Taika is really good at imagery and making images that stick in your head and having memorable moments this one i mean the the old movie's not as much okay all right it's definitely got its own style to it and yeah thor has changed like he's no longer the shakespearean thor that we met in thor one right he is definitely a completely different character in these movies definitely in the taiko movies
0: so overall you you kind of had more of a positive experience with love and thunder yeah. Okay.
2: All right. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I don't know if I'd watch it again. Um, or I, I, I watch it again. Yeah, we'll say that. I'll watch it again, but just maybe once once more. Okay. Like No Way Home, I watched that four times that first mm. weekend. This one, I'm not itching mm. to go back in the theaters, but I'll definitely watch it again.
0: Okay. All right. I, I asked a question about the Thor franchise because at the end of this, I'd like to do a ranking of where we think these movies fit. Because I think this one's going to be really interesting to fit in there. But Mm. Mr. Wensloff, the time has come for you, sir, to reveal your thoughts on this film.
1: You know, I'm really glad that we waited a day after seeing the movie to come and record this. Because we went and saw it last night. And if I came right from the theater into this room, I would have had nothing positive to say. I did not enjoy Love and Thunder at all. And now that I've had a day to think about it, I've been able to see what I do like in the film. But my big problem is this humor in this movie. No jokes for me. And I say this like no jokes landed at all in this film. And I was waiting for, the, for them to stop. I just got so annoyed. I hate that every time we're getting a serious scene between Jane and Thor or a serious scene with gore that I feel that, oh, some humor is going to sneak into this somehow. And I hate that. And especially when the humor didn't work. That's why Ragnarok was so refreshing. It jolted the Thor franchise with something it needed. The first two movies are considered very stale. And Taika Waititi came in. He brought that new edge to Thor, that new uh, aspect of the character. And I really think my, my big problem with this movie is I don't think Taika should have been at the helm of this. I know he wrote it. He directed it. It was his idea to bring all these ideas together. But I don't know if he was the right guy to do it because you have this very serious issue of Jane Foster with cancer. And you have Gore, the God Butcher, one of the most menacing villains in the comics. And I just think his execution of both those was not as serious as it should have been. And it really just it fell flat, and I do agree with what Mike is saying about how it feels more Phase One. The post-credit scenes definitely did feel Phase One. Just what they were setting up with Hercules, and yeah, Thor—he's got a lot more adventures in the MCU. I do love that aspect that they didn't end Hemsworth' his career in this. But I—I I find myself really struggling to enjoy Chris Hemsworth as this role because they have gone so. Parody with his character. Now you look at the first Thor. He's nothing like that Thor anymore Brother whatever
0: I have done to wrong you Whatever I have done to lead you to do this. I Am truly sorry, but these people are innocent Taking their lives will gain you nothing so take
1: mine and end this And for better or worse, they changed him, and I do think it worked in Ragnarok. It worked so well because it was, the humor was a mask for all the tragedy he's been to. You sure you're up to this particular murder mission? Absolutely. No rage and uh, vengeance, anger, loss, regret—they're all tremendous motivators. They really clear the mind, so I'm I'm good to go. And in Endgame, it kind of worked. It kind of worked in Endgame with Fat Thor, but man, I just think in this movie. All the humor with him falls so flat. He's not, in no way do I think this is a a Norse god. This is a bumbling idiot. And I find him really hard to like as a character now. Like, legitimately. You said this would be a relaxing holiday. I said it was
0: going to be like a relaxing holiday. Whoa. You think that they've Homer Simpsoned him. Wow. (laughs) Chris Hemsworth, the god of thunder, who's played this character for
1: 11 years now. You find him hard, that's sad. They've gone too parody with it. If he could still have those deep emotional scenes, which he got a few in this movie, but I think it was not enough.
0: So you say he got a few, though, because, well, okay, so those first two Thor movies, just knowing you, I know you're pretty critical of those first ones. They're not the most interesting to you. You're not really... They're not. And
1: like I said, I do think what Ragnarok did was it brought this new edge, this new energy. But the type of humor that was and the way it was used I think is completely different. Mm. Taika went went gun-ho in this. He was still a little reserved in Ragnarok. But I think he just hit the gas and he went way too stupid. I think especially in the... Uh, the flashback sequences where we see Thor and Jane's relationship, we know for a fact that was not the Thor of that time. But they turn him into an idiot. He's wearing a hot dog costume. And it ju- it doesn't work for me at all in any way. Yeah, I'm still excited for future Thor adventures. I think they haven't uh, assassinated the character in my eye yet, but I am a little worried at where he's going and what Tyke is doing to him. Mm. So, And I'll add this too. I did read the whole uh, uh, what is it? The Mighty Thor? The, not the Mighty Thor run. The God of Thunder run with Gore, the God Butcher, and Thor. And it's just come so far from that because Gore in that is a menacing villain. He's killing gods left and right, and he's plucking gods out of the timeline to help him build this God Bomb to end all the gods. And that's actually so cool. You have three Thors meet up in that via the timeline it's a really fun story but the way thor is portrayed and that is a lot more how i'd like to see him portrayed i don't think obviously what they did with him in the first two movies didn't work but i think they've come so far from that that it's also not working for me personally
0: mm. yeah yeah I, I think you're speaking for a lot of people what you're saying right now is what a lot of people are saying online and i i love that you read that run because Your criticisms feel that much more validated because, I mean, you've said, I I don't know this, but you've said that Gore is absolutely menacing. And I'm not going to lie. He was in this movie, you know, for for the four scenes he was in, Mm -hmm. massively underused Christian Bale. Oh, my gosh. There has to be some cut scenes with him. I I mean, specifically, I'm thinking uh, a fight between him and Sif. On the one planet with that huge
1: monster. I feel yeah, like Falagar. that was cut. Yeah, like, I want to see him take down Falagar, and I want to see him cut Sith's arm off. That, I want to
2: see him do a lot more with other gods. I want to see him. I wanted to see him invade that yes. the god council. Mm. I think that would have been sick. I he was, didn't even go to yeah. omnipotent city.
1: I was like, all right. They're setting Zeus up. I hate Zeus. I hate Russell Crowe's portrayal. I, he's a bumbling idiot. But I was like, this is going to be really satisfying when Gore stabs him in the face and gore doesn't even go there. How many guys do we see gore kill in this movie? He stabs Valkyrie, but she survives. We see the distress calls,
0: but that's about it. So the one thing I'll say to that is that Omnipotent City is only known location to the gods. So yeah. if you're not a god, you don't know where that city is, and that's kind of why they don't let Thor leave at first because um if he leaves, he could le- gore could lead um Thor could lead gore. To oh Thor well, Gore, jeez, it's the, same <laughs> thing with, city. it's the same thing with Eternity though.
2: Like, how was any if he was the first person to reach Eternity with the um, Bifrost? The Bifrost, then like I I don't find I find that just as probable.
0: It, yeah. So my main thing is I kind of share a lot of Ethan's sentiments. A lot of this movie, especially the jokes, especially the goats, really annoyed the crap out of me. Uh, the first time it was kind of funny and then after that it was like, wow you are really still going with this goat joke, holy cow it's not even a joke um, lazy writing, that's what I see here in this movie, and it's strange because it's Taika, you know he's de- he delivered in what, in what is in my opinion a top 5 top 10 MCU film in Thor Ragnarok, I'm actually a fan of those first two Thor movies more than most, especially Dark World I think that's underrated, but Creed. It's definitely not, like, the best anywhere. I mean, those are low on my MCU rankings. Except that first Thor, though, I really like that first Thor. But I don't know, man. Like, this this one just fell so flat for me, and I was hyped. I love Christian Bale. Massively underused. And I like Chris Hemsworth Thor. And I think he's fine, but yeah, Ethan, he's a bumbling idiot. And I don't like to see that portrayed in his movies i and another big thing i didn't like is that every character feels like a bumbling idiot except for gore who's in four scenes so you get the sense that every character i mean zeus yeah he's like he looks inward and is very narcissistic but he seems like a bumbling idiot too he he, who goes on top of a stage and talks to thor about like yeah you know you know i am nervous but what are we going to do about it nothing like what what what, you're Zeus, you know? You're the king of the gods, you know? You should You should knock this guy. You got every god in the universe. And
1: I will say this, they do a good job of setting up how a lot of these gods are terrible, terrible at their job. And how gore is justified. Because um, his intro is, you don't get a lot of it in the movie, but in the comic, he is praying to this god for years of his life. He is loyal to it his whole life. Then his wife dies while she's pregnant and his daughter dies. And all this time he has been praying and he just accepts the facts. All right, there are no gods. Gods are not real. And then he comes upon two gods fighting and it's revealed to him, oh man, these people are real. What the heck have they been doing? I was praying to you all these years and you did nothing for me. So I think his motivations, they're not as... They still hit on it in the movie, in the intro, but it's not as clear as it should be. Yeah.
0: And his motivation to kill all gods is, like, very contrived, I felt like. The necrosword's just there, and then it appears by him, and and he gets the whispers from, I, I guess, the necrosword can speak. I didn't know that was a thing. Maybe it is in the comics. But... Necrosword
1: has a symbiote in it, but they can not they can't say that because really spider-man owns the right like, actually that's venom shape. symbiote that's yeah the part same. of the symbiote okay. yeah well and his little creatures are his black berserkers they aren't named in the movie they call them what shadow monsters yeah those are also symbiote.
0: interesting i didn't know that but the thing is like you must kill all gods like I
2: all thought right i was kind of spine chilling great thing
0: great thing great way to start the movie and it, it felt just rushed Everything in this movie felt rushed. I agree. You know? agree. And Jane's motivation um, to get the hammer for Thor. We, it's revealed in a flashback that Thor touched the hammer and said, you have to protect Jane, and that's why it happened. Where was the hammer when she was getting destroyed by the ether? Okay, Okay, you can say that's before it happened. Yeah, but this is such a lazy way to introduce a huge plot element related to her cancer. I don't know if you know how she got cancer... Or what the storyline is but it's it's just really rushed in this movie and the serious um subject that is cancer is so it's like it's like a problem they have to deal with all right let's get rid of your cancer one way somehow and i i really thought they were just going to go to eternity at the very end and then they were going to save jane and then it was going to be like all right that's the one wish but i was interested to see how they found that and how they figure that out was in my opinion the dumbest thing possible gore saves his daughter but then dies himself
1: Mm -hmm.
0: he chose love but now his daughter's back and he's dead i don't see where that is and then the enemy he's been fighting this whole film now he's like take care of her and he's like yeah why did
2: thor respect gore at all that, that was my big question coming out of the theater i was like he could have saved jane right then and there but jane decided that gore should have the wish instead and that he should revive love i guess is, is that her real name is it love yeah i guess okay, it is love. now yeah
1: played by chris hemzor's real life daughter oh really oh yeah. okay that's really cool oh, i like that that's cool
2: but yeah i i just didn't understand why after all that fighting after all that trouble that thor went through that he just yeah, yeah. i'll raise your kid sure i mean yeah it's hinted earlier in the movie that he wanted to raise a kid but the enemies kid out of nowhere like i don't get it yeah neither
0: do
1: i and it does look like very sloppy setup for a young avengers which Mm. they've been laying the seeds i mean you get uh you get axel you get heimdall's son in this movie who we know will definitely come back in a young avengers they're just laying so many seeds for a young avengers you got a whole army of children and i do think that army of children is a complaint for me
0: oh my gosh if thor
1: has this power to give an army of people the powers of thor why (laughs) didn't we use that to kill thanos what's the deal with that or
0: in any other avengers let's empower the whole wakandan army at the battle of wakanda yes that has thor's powers Uh there you go for a limited time only it was so rushed and lazy i couldn't tell you how much i hated that i just for it it
2: to look cool i liked it i thought it was it Thinking beyond plot holes in other movies, um, I think, I think it was it was pretty cool. I mean, um, it wasn't it wasn't the best thing in the world. Of course, there's going to be cringe with kids in a movie. There's always going to be cringe with kids in movies. But even Parker was saying uh, he really liked how when he sent out the lightning across all the kids, it looked like the 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 tree, the Norse tree. I forgot what that's called, but the Nine so. Yeah, sure, <laughs> that thing. Um, I thought that it was funny. There was a little bit of comic relief in that uh, intense final battle, and um, you know, going back and forth between Stormbreaker and Thor, and Jane with the with gore, and everybody fighting everything. I, I thought it was an all right final fight scene.
0: It didn't. F- I didn't feel anything watching it. And sure, it looked cool, and sure, it was like, all right, yeah, now we can do this. But the way they did it really didn't work for me and it did that's why it felt empty this movie just felt empty to me you know and it's like where do we go from here am i excited to see thor or and and young thor now love in the next movie i don't know if i want to see thor be a bumbling idiot again for a fifth time
1: yeah me neither and i will say that i was on imdb earlier and i was looking at some of the reviews and this one review just hit me at felt exactly how i feel the six out of ten enjoyable but empty thor love and thunder does attempt to explore themes of love and loss whilst introducing mighty thor and putting thor on a journey of self-discovery however it sadly doesn't work as well as it should due to a rushed pace and way too many jokes that are almost never funny chris hemsworth is still going strong as thor but his extreme goofiness is getting a little stale natalie poorman has never been better as a character. And Tessa Thompson is still great as Valkyrie, even though she doesn't get much to do. Taika Waititi massively overstays his welcome as Korg this time, who becomes a very annoying, very fast. Christian Bale is one of the better MCU villains with good motivation and uses unsettling presence to uh, set the stage, even though his screen time is very limited. So I don't agree with everything in that, but I do think they hit the nail on the head with a lot of the, the stuff in there. and. That's, that is a big thing for me. Korg, man. Korg in oh, this
2: movie. Korg was very cringing. Terrible. This movie. And I love Korg. Korg was such a good he, character he, in he the other great. movies. Yeah. Like Endgame, I thought he, his little bit in Endgame was funny. He, I thought he was that, great. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and then in Ragnarok, I think he was the best character in that movie. He was definitely a highlight. Yeah, and I then uh, what's the other guy's name? Meek. Meek? Yep. Meek was, you know, whatever. <laughs> they were it, funny. Was a, it was a, a good... fun little cut, cutaway character. Yeah. But in this movie, I think the worst part of Korg in this movie was that song. Would you guys agree? The song? The song that goes on way too long. Which, oh. The, the song that he That's sings That's one of on my things. Boat.
1: When you have this emotional scene with Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman who are reuniting, she just explained that he has cancer and they're rekindling their love for each other. And you have Korg butting in with a joke. And I do think that halfway through this movie, I did start to enjoy it more. There's mm-hmm. like a switch. That flips halfway through the movie after they go meet all the gods, and you think Korg dies. I was I was actually sad when they killed Korg there. I was like, oh man, he's a good character, but then he's just a head, and he's C three POing his way around Chewbacca's back the rest of the movie. It it didn't work for me. Mm.
0: Tarkin like yeah. got tired of being in that suit, so he's just like, all right, just put me on someone's head. And yeah, i I've, I've had I've had enough. You know, I didn't
2: like his. Uh... His, what's his species His species lore <laughs> the um, rock the rock like uh species i think there lore. A, i did like species cronin, of cronin, yeah. all men i didn't i didn't like his lore uh i thought that the one joke was funny with the, the one joke that i laughed out with corg in this movie was uh he's like oh i really hope that what's his name the the god of cronin will be there and then he's at the, the he's in omnipotent city and he's like
1: oh there he is there he is
2: <laughs> i thought yeah. that was a funny little joke that's what corg is supposed to be just little one-liners that are you have to pay attention to to laugh at him and th- th- that's just what i loved about corgan and in this movie they put him too up front he he gets more lore about the cronin and that they're actually uh gay rock people who form little rock babies in a volcano because of the pressure that they have with the hands oh and then <laughs> I like their joke at the end where I met this man his name's his name's uh, his name's Dwayne he <laughs> has Duane like a da
0: Taika T D mustache yeah yeah that, that was, was that was good stuff Dwayne like the rock that was... but
1: yeah for me it feels like every scene in this movie Taika is trying to find, all right, where can I put a joke in? Can I put a joke here? No, it won't work there. But here it will, and here it will, and here it will, and here it will. It just felt like this was an avenue for him to put throw jokes into a movie and maybe have a cohesive plot. And it just sucks that gore has to suffer because of that.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, still, that's, that's what comedy movies are supposed to be. They're supposed to be as many jokes as possible to but get it to be funny.
1: It wasn't funny, though, and – I thought it was funny. Even in serious scenes, I couldn't enjoy them because I knew. I knew deep down, all right, there's going to be a joke in three seconds. Mm -hmm. I just know it.
0: Yeah, and it worked in Ragnarok because there there was time taken in certain scenes that didn't have it. Namely, the scene where Odin passes on into eternity. That whole sequence when he dies and explains about Hela, absolutely fantastic. Thor and Loki say nothing. And you know, uh, Odin is just sitting there explaining what's going to happen about how their sister is coming. And the music score by Mark Mothersbaugh is absolutely great in that scene. And it's serious and they say nothing. And it's, it's absolutely amazing. There is no scene in this movie, unless you guys can point to one that is not undercut with a joke. And even in comedies, There are scenes that are serious at times. It helps you take a break. But in this, every scene, besides the scene at the end where Jane Foster passes on into eternity, there's no other scene that has like, there's comedy everywhere and I'm so sick and tired of it. And it's just come at a bad time because, unfortunately, that's been a criticism that I've had with a lot of Marvel's product recently. Everything that they've put out is like It's like, all right, we have to put jokes in because it's the signature Marvel formula. And this is just, all right, just do it, the whole thing, because people loved Ragnarok. So just do that
1: again. And Taika was like, all right. Well, I all think right. Guardians of the Galaxy really set the stage for that one. is, But that's why it worked, because they were a group of random buffoons in the galaxy exploring. Yep. And that's why it worked. But this they completely changed his character, and... I just... I'm not... I don't enjoy it at all.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I think that it could have used... To Ben's point, it could have used one scene that was straight the whole time that was just, like, telling us the realness of the situation. And then with Ethan's point, I think that it could have used that Guardian's treatment where there were more people in it, in the scene, that gave more love to the... Because we don't get... uh, Like, Valkyrie. She's underplayed in this this Mm -hmm. movie. We don't get enough of Valkyrie. And then Korg is too much... Thor maybe too much as well. I think he was just on the the edge of that. Yeah. Natalie Portman, I think, not enough at times, I, or not enough seriousness with her because she is dying. She has cancer. Yeah. It's fourth stage. She's going to die in this movie. We knew that from the start, and we don't get the seriousness of it. Even the diagnosis scene, it's like she's reaching up trying to squeeze the chemo bag, get it get it going here, and that's not really something that was. It didn't hit. It wasn't like a 10 out of 10 joke. I think that most of the jokes in this movie were barely sevens out of 10 for jokes.
1: Maybe threes.
2: Threes. None of them were really like, oh, that was the best joke I've ever heard. I want to watch this movie again just to see that joke again. None of them were like that. In Ragnarok, we had a couple really good ones. And in this one, it's just kind of like, eh.
0: And a lot of people would criticize and say, well, why are you guys focusing so much on the jokes? Because that was the whole film, all yes. right? There, I will say this. There is one joke that I really did laugh at, and that was when uh, they're trying to make the goat whistle – that summons the goats and Korg is trying to make the sound and they're like nope nope that's not it nope that's not it and they ask mantis mantis what's the noise and she goes bah! and it was so <laughs> random and off guard i really like that joke but other than that i don't know it,
2: the, they keep trying with the random equals funny jokes throughout the, there isn't a diverse genre of jokes i'll, I'll say that that they keep trying with the random equals funny jokes and it just doesn't work as often as as Tyka thinks it should, but we know that Taika can do serious movies oh, with yeah, jokes. That, that's have why. You excited, have you guys seen Jojo Rabbit? Yes,
1: that's why. So that's why I was so excited for this movie because Taika has is always good at blending this humor with this heart. So I was like, all right, I think he can do this. I think he can do this because we've seen it in Jojo Rabbit. We've seen it in Hunt for the Wilder People. We saw it in the first. We saw it in Thor Ragnarok. He is good at that. He can make a dumb movie with silly characters or even a smart movie with silly characters and still make those emotional moments hit. Mm-hmm. You have Jojo Rabbit, which takes place during World War II. You have Adolf Hitler as a main character, Nazis in Germany. He still was able to execute that in a way that worked. But mm-hmm. this movie, he was not able to execute that.
2: So- I think it also helped that it was uh, based on a book. But yeah, it's still. Um he just had a way of doing those things and now I don't know if it's like he just didn't spend the time I think it was more just time he didn't have the time to write these he didn't spend the time to sit with the emotions in the movie it could have been a bunch of things
1: and this this is related but you know he gets to do a Star Wars film soon Taika does that's getting me very concerned especially with all our Kenobi concerns is how they're bringing people in to the franchise that don't know anything about Star Wars. Talking about people who don't know anything about Star Wars, Taika forgot Natalie Portman was in Star Wars. Oof. Yeah,
0: no confidence in that Star Wars project at all because Star Wars has had humor, but not to the degree of Taika Watiti. And his Mandalorian episode was the finale of season one. Really, good. And although I really liked that episode, there is a whole extended bit between scout troopers about how they're self, refer- self referentially shooting at an object and couldn't hit the thing. Now I like that scene. That but a whole hilarious. movie of that? I sign I'm not going to watch that movie and it gets me worried. Oh, you're going to watch it. Oh, I'm yeah. going to watch the movie. I'm not going to enjoy it. I, I that's my thing. I don't want that in Star Wars. And here's my another issue, another main issue that I can't like I really thought about today while I was working. What happened to taking this seriously it doesn't take anything seriously i'll take you back to a scene in the first avengers movie captain america and thor are fighting on the ground because they're disagreeing on what to do with loki you want me to put the hammer down and he hits the hammer on the shield and you feel it and it's like whoa these two huge items holy crap these things are awesome thor's hammer cap shield these things are what make them the hero stormbreaker was epic in Infinity War. It's one of my favorite weapons in the MCU. And in this movie, it literally has a conscience and like floats around and is like jealous of Thor. It's a weapon. What is going on here? Another thing that was used for jokes. I don't take that weapon seriously. I don't take Mjolnir seriously. What's going on? What happened to the mysticism of these characters? And I feel like the jokiness has made it that way. Because in those first movies, however great they might not be, Mjolnir was epic. And I took that thing seriously. The plot of the scene. whole
1: first movie is that he cannot lift Mjolnir because yeah. he's not worthy. Yep. And he has to rediscover his, his worthiness. But now, it I mean, do I think Jane's worthy? Yeah, she can wield it in this movie. But it just doesn't, the weight of Cap lifting Mjolnir hits so hard that is something we waited 22 movies to see cap lifting mjolnir and now jane jane can lift it like that i think there should have been more of a build-up to that well
2: i disagree a little bit with ben here i really did like uh what they did with stormbreaker and you like
1: thor giving stormbreaker beer you like that
2: i I thought that was kind of funny (laughs) (laughs) there we go there i like the i i really like the jealousy that we see from stormbreaker and that stormbreaker now is a personality uh out of nowhere, though. Out of nowhere, yeah. I think that's kind of funny. Um, I mean, Mjolnir had a personality. Mjolnir decides if things are worthy or not, right? Like, there yeah, isn't...
0: It's not a character, you know? In this, he was a character who yeah. had feelings, whose feelings were hurt.
2: Sure, I totally accept that as a as a thing, as a plot device, and that's what gets us the goat boat, and I think that's a, a good... Uh, a, I don't know. I, I, I like the jokes. I like the... Um, where... Whenever he'd look at Mjolnir the wrong way, or uh, in a way that made uh, Stormbreaker jealous, we'd see Stormbreaker slowly float in on the screen. (laughs) I I like those. I don't know why you guys didn't. I'm glad you liked um, it. It was
0: not for me. I
2: I like the the constant uh, parallels between Mjolnir and Thor's relationship with uh, Stormbreaker and Thor. I thought it related to um, Thor and Jane. Kind of with their relationship in it. And uh, how Thor used to enjoy the emptiness. and Or not enjoy it, but sat with the emptiness instead of choosing love over it. So, I don't know. Yeah, and
1: I I do, do see the divide with this film. And I do think it comes down to the people who despise all the humorous movie. And the people who do, like Micah, enjoy some of it. That is where the main split happens. Because I don't think everything they do is worth the sacrifice of the characters and the plot because to do this humor sometimes you sacrifice good deep character moments and you sacrifice good plot elements and to me it's the jokes aren't worth sacrificing that nope
0: that scene at the end between thor and jane i was prepared for that because eric voss went out of the theater he has it's all over and he's like i was crying at the end I felt nothing during that scene. I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel anything. She died and passed on. I, I was like, all right, well, it was a character who's been here since pretty much the start, but you know, she was kind of gone for a while. and you know, They didn't build those characters up for anything. Mm-hmm. They didn't give them those poignant character moments of, hey, I kind of want to be with you. They had that scene, but it was jokey, so it was hard to take it seriously and live with that emotion. And it was so like an she, hour
2: and 20 minutes into the movie, too.
0: And that's another thing. Way too late. This movie would benefit from like another 20, 30 minutes to really. Definitely. Gore needs more scenes. Jane needs more scenes. Thor needs to do less comedy. I don't know. Like, and th- But that's the thing. I've talked to so many people who online, like just friends and people from work who love this movie one guy gave it a nine out of ten for me before i went and saw it i was like dang all right (laughs) he really likes it so i i think it comes down to what ethan said if you like the humor i feel like this movie is going to work for you a lot but if you don't i think a lot of things are going to be revealed and it i think it just comes down to how much of an mcu fan you are and what kind of things you want to see in the mcu do you like the jokiness of the mcu in the current state of things you're probably going to like it if you want more And you want those poignant character moments like we've gotten in those first phases that really built the characters into what we love so much this might not be what you want
2: i think that this movie does do an excellent job of filling in that hole that we haven't had in a while that's just been like what character growth do we get in this movie we get thor choosing love over having nothing and what else? There's like nothing else. This movie is just a comedy movie. It's a comedy movie first, and if you go into this movie expecting, all right, I'm in for a good time, I'm here to laugh at a lot of jokes, and I'm here to not really think about the movie at the end of the day, that's what this movie's for. It's for those people that that aren't really caring about the lore of everything, and they just wanna see a funny movie and and go on with the rest of their day. And I, I think for that aspect, it does it pretty well. I, if you're going into it, I went into it thinking that I was going to see a comedy Taika Waititi movie. And there was going to be a lot of funny jokes. And there wouldn't really be too much character development. I'm fine with that. Uh, or if there is character development, then it would be insanely good. Like what we saw in Jojo Rabbit. I, I really liked Jojo Rabbit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's just kind of what Taika Waititi does. And I think, a, I think he did an all right job with it.
1: Uh, yeah, if that's what if you're, you're going, going in, in for the jokes, and that's yeah, that's summer you're blockbuster, get. maybe it, it's yeah. a good summer blockbuster. It's a good popcorn movie. You come in, let's, let's just have a good time. And but they
2: put a, it in at in July. This is the time where they put the biggest selling movies ever. So,
0: and I wondered why they didn't make this the May release because I mean, if you got a I mean, Doctor Strange or Thor, I mean, he's been here since 2011, but. I feel like, yeah, okay, put this one in the summer. Doctor Strange was definitely the the, the event to go so, to.
1: Yeah. It, to, so Thor, one of our three main Avengers, still alive in the MCU. But when I went and saw this movie yesterday, it didn't feel that way. It doesn't feel like this is a character I've been following for all these years. It should have that way. This is his first appearance since the mm. massive hit of Endgame. Great point. It didn't feel like this is his epic return. Cause the, the movie they set up at the end of Endgame, I think, is a really fun movie, the Asgardians of the Galaxy. But no, in this they have to kind of like kick the Guardians out of the movie real fast. Mm-hmm. They're in it for what ten minutes? And even I think
2: it's like the first half hour. It was it was a while. I think it was I think it took quite a long time for the Guardians to get out of the movie. And they they wrap up that entire hypothetical movie we're talking about in just thirty minutes. But they don't do anything with the Guardians. They're just there, and then Thor's like, yeah, I'll handle this. They're more of a
1: a crutch than anything in this film. And I do think Thor gets better character development in the trailer for this movie. He buries Stormbreaker. He said he's going to take a break. That is resolved three minutes into the movie when he rips Stormbreaker out of the ground and then flies it like a a broomstick. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that, that's the thing. That's where the divide comes <laughs> that, from. I,
0: that didn't work for me. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> it's
2: like, this movie is so ridiculous at times with yeah. that broomstick, with the stupid screaming goats, how they just keep bringing them back, even if it wasn't funny the first three times. The fourth and fifth time, even the sixth time, it just becomes like, oh, man, Taika, this is ridiculous. <laughs> I, that's why I thought some of these jokes were funny is they kept bringing them up. And I don't know. It,
0: I, I, like, I like those. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you it this way. So have you ever been at a party and you say a funny joke and everyone laughs and you're like, yeah, let's go. And that, that one guy over there repeats the joke and it's like, all right, maybe you'll get a few laughs again. And then he says it again. And it's like, all right, the joke's dead, bro. Now you just look weird. Or how about this?
1: When you say a joke, no one laughs. You think, oh, they (laughs) didn't, they didn't, they didn't hear me say the (laughs) joke. Let let me say it again. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh no, we we heard you the first time. It just, it wasn't funny." That's basically he's, he's the joke trying to joke. do that
2: uh, that improv technique where you bring back reoccurring jokes, even if it wasn't funny the first time. Like many memes, the irony of the joke becomes funny after a while, and I I I accepted that for the for a couple of them, and I thought they were pretty. Not that they were perfect jokes. I'm not saying it's masterful comedy. It's nothing like a. Well, what's his name? Mel Brooks, right? Mel Brooks comedies from way back when. But I think as comedy is, it's better than an SNL skit. Hmm. I'll say the yeah. I'll, I'll save the best joke oh. for the the favorite scenes at the end yeah. of this podcast. But yeah.
0: So I've been largely negative, and yeah, that's how I feel about the movie. But the, is the movie like horrible? i mean i feel like i'm painting myself into a corner of like i hate this movie i don't hate it i'm probably not going to see it again but i do there was a lot of things i like mainly the cameo situation in this movie was top tier if you've ever been online during the civil war ragnarok infinity war days for marvel studios you'll know who daryl is and daryl has been hanging out with thor during civil war And he's been hanging out with the Grandmaster during Ragnarok. And Daryl has been an internet... Like, he's had some of the greatest videos on the internet for Marvel Studios. I've laughed my butt off watching those. And he makes a cameo for the first time in a Marvel movie. And I love seeing him there. Heimdall at the end. That was great. Um, They have Sif in this movie, which I felt like she may have had a larger part. Why bring Jamie Alexander in for a cameo? I mean, I know Loki did that, but... I feel like she could have done a lot more and helped out. I mean, she gets her arm ripped off, but I felt like the cameo situation was really good. And then also Gore the God Butcher, everything he does was great. His acting, obviously it's Christian Bale, so you're not going to go wrong. And his scene when he has them captured in the shadow realm and he really gets to go all out crazy. God, like,
1: is that kind of how he is in the comics where he's like absolutely crazy? He's like, you know, like off the walls. No, that, that's more of what uh, Christian Bale's bringing to him. Because mm-hmm. a comic page, you can interpret that however he is. The little True. mannerisms and movements. I think dialogue, it, it's pretty good to where he'd be. And his voice as gore, I think, is, is pretty dead on. Yeah. It was really nice to see that. And like, he
0: sends him away. He's like, stop talking. <laughs> and he like shoots him away. I really like that. I loved his
2: intimidation. Like, when he's in the shadows, his silhouette. Uh, how it would kind of make a different face. It would sh- uh, shadows over his eyes and over his mouth area, and it kind of looked like it was a big old smile, like a huge Cheshire Cat sort mm-hmm. of smile. And then he'd go into the light, and he was it was even creepier. <laughs> yeah. But you can always see the eyeballs, the golden eyeballs. I thought that was really
1: Yeah, good. to me, Gore's a big enough villain to where he could span over a couple Thor films, yeah. if you ask me. I think the buildup could have been one movie and then this uh execution could have been another because he's just he's that big his plan is to destroy all gods that's what the whole thor mythology is about i think i really wanted bale to be kept alive but one of my massive critiques with christian bale is how not only marvel but disney has been doing this making these villains sympathetic come on now why does every villain have to be sympathetic
2: wasn't he sympathetic in the comics
1: I don't believe so. Oh. Like, no, not at the end. When oh, he loses at the, the Necro yeah, yeah. Sword, he turns back into his human oh, form. It yeah. made it so that the Necro Sword was the only reason he was this bad guy. Yeah, not his, that's true. Not his motive towards killing. Hmm. Uh, not sympathetic was the wrong word. A redemptive, a redemption there arc of a villain. Okay. That's, that's what the word I meant to use. They make every villain, they give a redemption arc. You saw it with Reva in Kenobi you saw with Wanda that one didn't work (laughs) not that I think Wanda didn't deserve to be redeemed but it's like come on guys just give us a straight up horrible villain
0: yeah even even Thanos I'm not critiquing this but even Thanos there was a sense of nobleness to his cause you know like I'm doing this for the good of the universe don't see me as a bad character but yeah but
1: Thanos still died a villain in our eyes yes achieved what he wanted to and sure you could see where he was coming from but he was still the villain end of the day but it feels like with gore they want you to think he's the good guy at the end of the day and i don't like that no i mean they did it in shang chi the father at the end realizing you know like imagine this you're watching uh the dark knight you get Heath ledger's joker he has a knife or something batman knocks the knife out of his hand oh no that was the knife was corrupting me i'm a good guy that's what they're doing with everything. Why do they
0: all need to be redemptive? Can't they just be evil? You know, like can't they just be evil for evil's sake? Like that's what we want. That's what we go to these to see the good guy defeat the bad guy. I don't want to see that bad guy become again a good guy. Like Killmonger yeah. I don't does know the same when we'll see thing. That again. Like, I don't know
2: when we'll see that in a movie again. Well, let's go so watch the
0: next movie that comes out. Probably that'll happen then.
2: DC League of Super Pets?
0: <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Probably. That one's going to be fun, but I don't know. I- I just didn't have a lot of fun watching this movie where I expected to. You know, I expected to have a lot of fun during Thor: Love and Thunder, and I think a lot of people did. It just wasn't for me. It's it's going to be bottom bottom of my list once I and I wait a couple weeks, obviously, to put it on my list. But it's not going to be very high, guys. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> it might be my least favorite Thor movie but we're going to get into it I mean I I still want to I still want to talk about them yeah and a little I bit. yeah
1: I do want to say some things I liked I really did like gore and a lot of Christian Bale's performance that he executed and I am a big fan of Natalie Portman in this movie I really like her mighty Thor and her chemistry with Chris Hemsworth
2: I think that the weakest part of Natalie Portman's performance was the um the the uh, what are they called like the the one liners that Catch she did? Phrase. the catchphrases yeah. yeah i i i hope that she would find a catchphrase that was actually good but and then she would say it at the end but she didn't to
1: me that humor worked because you have her trying catchphrases earlier in the movie and all the characters are like yeah those suck so then when they suck at the end of the movie i don't i think it works because they established earlier in the movie that her catchphrases are going to be corny mm. so that's why i think it worked
0: yeah i i'm thinking of that scene where she uses like three catchphrases at the end number one number two and that was i thought really cringy i didn't i didn't really like that one and then i felt like they couldn't decide on one either so that's why they used like three at the end and then at the very end she's like i figured out my catchphrase and then she whispers it to thor and we don't get to hear about it because i feel like because the writers couldn't decide on a catchphrase so why bring it up anyway
1: but well, we have to address this. She's in Bahala, and uh, she's with Heimdall. But in the comic chick, she becomes Valkyrie, and then Thor calls her back. So we saw in Moon Knight, The Field of Reeves, death, death isn't endgame in this Marvel Cinematic Universe. They've already established that. So they are setting the stage for Natalie to come back.
0: Which is an issue with Marvel nowadays. Death needs to be permanent at some point it's you been need, a problem with you Marvel need to have though, right? well yeah i mean it's well it's a problem with honestly disney and their their way of thinking and producing films that, and tv shows the
1: thing is though it's so big in the comics is that's what that's why phase uh the, the infinity saga works so well is they're just scratching the surface of that comic and it was very still very realistic and in a, in a real world but now with the multiverse and the afterlife and all these gods they're introducing it's getting to be too much for a lot of people cuz there's so
0: many characters and you have to like watch a 10 minute 20 minute video before you go and see every movie to like really get everything and i don't think that's a bad thing like people have made their careers out of it you know but it's just we're getting to a point in the MCU where you know you can do anything and does this death mean a lot not if you stay after the credits You know, because it's done, you know, right there. Any emotion you might have felt is like, oh, well, you know what? She's okay. Not, oh, I bet Thor's really sad because he doesn't have her anymore.
1: But it does really throw the power spectrum into play because uh, regular human dies. Tony, Cap, they have no gods they're worshipping. They're gone. We're not getting them back unless they do some multiversal hijinks, which could come into play.
2: (laughs) Agnostics stay losing. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) So, but no, that's why, that's why those deaths hit. And I do think that Marvel is smart enough to not mess with Tony or Cap. Anytime soon, at least. Yeah,
0: they do. So I feel like, especially with where we're at now in the MCU, I feel like Marvel was, their whole business plan was, all right, we're building the end game. Every movie we're going to have at the end, it's going to tie into some. it's going to tie into the Build-up of Endgame. And it was like, we're putting all our coins into this last movie. And it worked, man, because it, it's it's the second highest grossing movie of all time. You know, it made a billion, three billion dollars, basically. And it totally worked. But then it was like, all right, what now what do we do? All of our focus was building this perfect finale. And it was perfect. I loved pretty much everything about it. But now they have to, like, continue it.
1: Yeah, you know? so what are the threads they lay in Endgame? You have cap giving bucky the shield was the execution there for that no. falcon winter soldier no you have thor joining the guardians of the galaxy was the execution there no no it wasn't i mean you have spider-man going off with ned execution was there that one they hit but what what else built off from that movie have they tried in captain it marvel
2: work? going off world setting up the the uh what are they the
1: the marvels the green dudes
2: the
0: scrolls, the
2: scrolls, yeah. Yeah, up we that. haven't got
1: to pay off for that yet, dude. Yes. And
0: so, also, I wanted to. This is a sidebar, but what the heck's going on with Secret Invasion? Have we heard anything about that? Is that coming out that? this year? I don't think so. Wait, is I haven't it, heard anything. Isn't about it rumored that for show. this year? It was supposed to come out this year. I know that that's like when they announced it at that whole Disney investor thing. But they've only released what one image of Nick Fury with the eye patch. What's Imagine going on if with they
2: that? recorded this entire thing. They filmed the whole thing. It's done. And it comes out as a shadow drop.
0: Well, because on yeah. Disney Plus
2: they drop no Dude. trailers, they drop nothing. It just is on Disney Plus one day,
0: and have it be like a secret yeah. evasion. That, that would be deal. insane. That would be really cool. And I was I,
2: thinking about that one day. Like, what if they just dropped a well, show?
0: I don't know if I like. Because I want there to be hype around it. Because it has. There is. Secret hype. Invasion is like my favorite. Well, there can comic be hype story, but
1: that first episode. Imagine. Just, well, that yeah, would, oh that would, yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely.
2: So much. On oh yeah. Everything. Like oh, guys, there's a show on Disney Plus right now. Oh yeah. That was not announced.
1: Or what if it was this? It was. They randomly released just something Marvel, and the cover art and the title is like oh Thor Love and Thunder behind the scenes. You click on that but that's actually disguised as the first episode. Like a scroll would Ooh. be disguised as Secret Invasion. And
0: they know the way the internet is nowadays and how word travels about... Marvel's big enough where they could pull that off. Yeah, but that could just be
1: the first episode yeah. and then they're like, all right, next week we're actually going to have or a
2: card. Or you have them. to keep finding the episode somewhere on Disney Plus by the end of the... <laughs> See, here's the thing. Like in the extras tab on right. different movies, it doesn't even have to be Marvel. It could be like...
1: Here's Something your weird. clue to find episode two. Yeah,
2: yeah, that oh would be really gosh.
1: sick
0: if it was an ARG <laughs> Listen, for Secret Wars. If it was me running that billion-dollar company, that's what I would do. I've said it for a while: release a movie with no marketing and don't tell anyone what it is, and just say because Marvel or Star Wars could do. They that. They almost did that They're for Love and enough. Thunder. They were 90 days yeah, out. Yeah,
2: and they that was it's the the closest it was to a release date. Yeah, this movie was without a trailer.
0: Yeah, and dude. Having it be with no a movie with no marketing would get talked about to no end because you have your fans do the marketing for you. I mean, if they already do it anyway. The you know? speculation
2: for Love and Thunder was through the roof before the trailer dropped. Once the trailer dropped, it's... I feel like people stopped talking about it.
0: Well, yeah, because we knew everything. Yeah. So it's like they showed us. If the they, first... It would be really cool if they did that, but I think we're getting into like a like a, a an alternate universe, which is what we do here at Multiverse Monologues. But it's like we can't get our hype. We can't get hyped up for that if they'll do that with the whole Shadow Disney Plus thing. Well, uh, no, but, I don't think any
1: three of us are expecting them to do that. Yeah, wouldn't it
0: be, it be cool? Be though, it maybe. would be cool, yeah. But like, they have the means. What's the deal with that show? Because that's like my most hyped. I, that's my favorite comic book story, and there's been nothing on that. It's
1: supposed to release this year. Well, I'll tell you what I'm most hyped for: the Echo series. Because yesterday it was announced Charlie Cox and Vincent and Alfred, which we all knew they'd be in it. But the fact that Marvel came out and said it just gets me more excited.
2: Whoa, wait! This stuff—they they finished filming *Secret Invasion* in April. That's it what I'm very saying, well man. could be shadow dropped at They've Disney Plus. They've already
1: filmed everything. I—well, my speculation is we'll get something about it. We have com- no set photos. Comic Con.
2: We have no nothing We have secret. one photo. We
0: have, we one, have photo? one photo of Nick Fury. That's it. And it's just him looking at the camera. That's it.
1: <sighs> That's it, man. They, we they got Marvel at Hall H in two weeks. San Diego. True. We're gonna get some stuff there. Yep. Okay.
0: And you know multiverse monologues will be breaking down everything that releases there, so stay tuned for that one. But I'm not gonna lie, man, like that. I'm pretty I'm looking forward to that. And it could be it could be that they're not really making a big deal about the production because Secret Invasion involves everyone. It's I'm surprised it's not a movie. Maybe they need to do a TV show because of like the scale of it. The scale of how big it is, but like the budget needs to be there you need like every actor yeah involved, if if, it,
1: if like the biggest characters we get are these side characters from the shows i i don't know how much i'm going to care if it's revealed that ant-man's uh con crew is our scrolls
0: well that's another thing because like spider Man's a big part of it cap iron man like those are the two guys who really help bring that whole thing to a light and you know where are we at you know Who's going to really help with this? Steel Hulk? That'd be cool, but maybe. Miss Marvel? Who knows? I mean, it, she's on that side of the world. Miss <laughs> Marvel. That'd, that'd be fine, but I don't know. It's just, there's been nothing revealed about that. So we can't yeah. speculate about that anyway. I was just thinking about that earlier today. But anyway, back to Thor. I think I've said pretty much everything I want to say. It really let me down in a lot of areas for me. I don't know if I'm missing anything.
2: I've got one big thing I want to talk about, but it's my favorite scene, so I want to okay, wait for that. Okay, then
0: we'll wait for that. Other than that, like, it's just not the greatest movie, guys. Ethan, you got anything else you want to
1: say? No, it definitely is disappointing with uh, one of our main core Avengers, one of the big three yep. on that final Battle of Endgame, getting his own movie, and there's no weight to it. It doesn't feel like... It's his triumphant return to the big screen for this character. It's like, uh, I don't know, Hawkeye felt bigger than this. It's just weird. It didn't feel like we were getting this big character back. It just felt like, oh, we're getting this dumb comedy movie with this spoof character.
0: Yep. That is how it felt.
1: He's not the Thor I grew to know and
0: love. And if you like this movie, and I know you're out there, there's a lot of people who like this movie. That's not to say you can't. Micah is pretty positive on this movie. I liked it you can't you can go like this movie I'm dare I
2: say I like this movie more than Morbius
0: oh can you believe that I'm not gonna lie I was more amused watching Morbius <laughs> yeah. I don't think this movie is better than Morbius but I'm not that that dance scene in the bathroom with uh Matt Smith was pretty <laughs> epic man but anyway If you like this movie, great. Good for you. I'm glad you like this movie. For me, and I I think for Ethan as well. Yeah, and I do
1: think in a few years in a rewatch, it won't play as bad as it did for me yesterday because I'll know what to expect. I know. All right, like Micah said, I'm going to go into this expecting a a stupid comedy movie. And it might play better. But as of right now, I was not impressed.
0: Yeah. Definitely. But as we always do on Multiverse Monologues, we like to go through our favorite scenes from the film. And we like to be, I mean, we really like to be positive. So we go through favorite character and favorite scene. We try scene. to be. We try to be positive, yes. Um, let's do favorite character first. The character that really resonated with you the most, and we'll start with Ethan on this one. The character you like the most in this
1: movie, I mean, yeah, can we just, I, yeah, go ahead. I like Jane Foster, man. I i enjoyed Mighty Thor. I know you guys are a little lower on her, but I like i like her portrayal. I thought a lot of her lines were pretty good, and the struggle with cancer, I felt the weight in some of the scenes, and it is bogged down by the rest of the movie. You have a serious deal of cancer, and I think Natalie Portman plays that, she plays that weight, she plays like she has cancer, but none other, no other elements in the film play like she has cancer. Mm. But I do like her character, I like her mighty Thor, I like some of her banter with Thor, and I, I do think she looks pretty cool in that costume, Wielding Mjolnir, when you have Mjolnir splitting up into multiple pieces—I mean, that was shown in the trailer—but it, it was very cool to see. Yeah, I, that I like. I,
2: I skipped that trailer actually, so that was that was super cool. I didn't see the nice. Mjolnir breaking apart. That's good stuff,
0: man. Micah, do you have a favorite character in this movie?
2: I do have a favorite character, but it goes in my favorite scene. So I don't know if you want to go first.
0: Well, I'll just. Say okay. your favorite character.
2: Matt Damon as actor Loki. <laughs> uh, oh, yes. my gosh. Uh, yes. I, I loved everything about Matt Damon's cameo because it's a running gag from Ragnarok. If you guys haven't seen Ragnarok, yeah. uh, they have the reenactment of Loki's death, one of his deaths. <laughs> and it, it's just... I, I love the whole Matt Damon being just a character in... New Asgard as a playwright. and It's found out in this one that he's the playwright. Because uh, <laughs> once the tragedy strikes where all the children are stolen, he's like, Valkyrie, what's Val's, Valkyrie's name? This is Valkyrie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He's like, should I begin production of the new play? Because the people will need entertainment in this time. And that's so like. That- that's so fitting with the lore of <laughs> of Asgard. Like, we need to play right away. And uh, at that same time, there was, um, what's his name? Meek. 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 Meek writing down on the chalkboard the minutes. And I thought that it, it's just these little bits to uh, the Norse lore that I thought was so funny in those uh, plays. I, I loved Luke Hemsworth playing. Actor Thor. Yeah, that was good. Again, fantastic. And then we get the reveal of Hela's actor, actress in this one, Melissa McCarthy. Yeah,
0: that was crazy. (laughs) That was crazy.
2: They were totally building up because everyone's seen Ragnarok. They all know, all right, all right, here we go. Who's going to play Hela? Right. They get this, this big circle out, this paper circle, and then she busts through. She's like, I'm Hela. I, I, that was the part of the movie that I laughed at the most. Yeah. Because Melissa McCarthy is my favorite. She's so funny. Or not my favorite, but my favorite <laughs> out of this.
0: She was the biggest no. surprise in this movie. Yeah. Even even I, who was super negative on the movie, I
1: loved that scene. That was great. It's that so was good funny. stuff. Because she's
2: nothing like the person who plays Hella.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do get a quick appearance from Kat Dennings, too. Oh, yes. yeah. Like yeah. I
0: said, the cameo situation in this movie. Spot on. Usually, it's not that way, but it it, it really hit the nail on the head here.
1: Um, and yeah, I do praise this movie for, uh, like going into Spider-Man No Way Home. Definitely spoilers cr- like crazy for that movie. We're out going into Doctor Strange. Tons of spoilers surfacing there. This one, they're really I didn't see any spoilers personally, so I enjoyed that aspect of not knowing. But really, what, what was, was happening? Spoiler? I liked that. Marvel still has a grasp on some of these secret cameos.
0: Yes, indeed. I'll just go with Gore. I've I've outlined my favorite character. Like I've outlined why I really liked him in this movie, if he's not so underused. So
1: Gore Gore would be my pick. Yeah, I'll change my answer. Heimdall, seeing Heimdall <laughs> again. <laughs> Interselba, severely underused in Ravel. the first two Thor movies. And his death hits me so hard mm. in Infinity War. So it was great seeing him again
0: kind of sad that your two favorite characters are cameos in this movie that's not a
1: great statement no i I still hold jane as mine but uh i just wanted to mention heimdall because it was great seeing him
2: i usually prefer the cameos over any uh (laughs) any main
1: characters that's not a good thing not at all
0: (laughs) no if your favorite character in the movie is a cameo then they've done horrible job with the main characters i guess so you know (laughs) Like, the main characters are why you come to see the movie, not the I think cameos. Micah just
1: views the main character. Yeah, thing like, personally, I prefer
2: a little cameo. They're usually, uh, yeah. Well.
0: Okay. You've outlined your favorite scene, Micah, which is a great, great sequence. Ethan, do you have a favorite scene in this movie?
1: Yeah, I think there were a few scenes that I enjoyed. Like, I think Gore's introduction is pretty good then he meets the god, it gets a little crazy. But any scene with gore, I think they they do really well. I like all the stuff in the shadow realm. I think that's really cool. And you have the reveal of, oh, Stormbreaker, he needs the Bifrost to meet Eternity. So I thought that was cool. But I think my favorite scene is just uh, getting to see new Asgard for the first time. I really enjoyed that. It really goes along with Miss Marvel. Is the, the the culture really embracing these heroes? I love the people obsessing over superheroes because I mean that's what we do. We do that, like in Miss Marvel, you see Avengers Con, and now you have New Asgard. I think it is the concept of going to Asgard, to New Asgard, is a really fun concept, and you get Infinity Cones infinity and cones. all that fun lore in there. The so I, I enjoyed, and that whole whole set was actually all practical. Oh, really? And you see all the behind-the-scenes stuff. They had Infinity Cones. There's actually... Entertainment Tonight did a did a video with the cast at, on that set. So I thought that was really cool to see.
0: Oh, that is really cool. Huh. I'll go with the scene with Gore in the Shadow Realm and their fight. The, the scene where he's interrogating them, and then when they come back to fight him in the Shadow Realm, both of those scenes are really, really good. Everything to do with Gore, again, is great. But the way that they were able to gray everything and then their light up hammers would color in the areas i thought that was really really cool so the color grading and aspects there were really great they kind of tease it in the trailers but um those scenes were great but otherwise not really there wasn't a lot of great scenes in my opinion in this movie there's not an action sequence to me that really stands out and it's something that was like memorable. Like we all remember the Battle of Wakanda and then the Battle on Titan from Infinity War. And I mean, you need that because it's the big event movie, but we all remember the the Helicarrier battle in Winter Soldier, you know? There's a big battle that stands out, you know, for great choreography or action sequences or CGI. I don't or know. Or heartfelt that, moments. Yeah, I don't know that there is one in this movie that I can really pinpoint. You know? There's the the
2: kids with the teddy bear that shoots <laughs> lightning out of its eyes. Yeah. So that was but
1: like... <laughs> he's being sarcastic. No, I liked it. No, he's... He,
0: <laughs> I don't know. That one didn't that's really... That's
2: not what this movie's for, though. It's for having funny moments and things. It's... Tycho's... Then, that, very then that's why I hate it. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, hate, I hate that direction.
0: hmm Because mm-hmm. you had said this. The direction of having cancer and gore's story mixed in with this comedy type it just doesn't work it doesn't work at all
1: i think the movie that they set up at the end of infinity war that would have been a end Game, movie. really works for this tone you have a guardians of the galaxy and thor crossover movie i think that would have been really fun to see but it couldn't happen because james
0: gunn was fired from disney who did a big that whole situation was stupid but we honestly probably would have gotten a Guardians film before the next Thor film if James Gunn was attached, you know? Yeah. And then Thor would have been with him, and then he probably would have ended and then did his adventure at the end of that movie. But in this, it's like, Teich is like, all right, how do we get rid of these guys as fast as possible? Because it does feel like there's a whole movie in there we could have got. There is. All those flashbacks, I'm like, ooh, I want to see that movie, you know? I also want to say about the soundtrack, Michael Giacchino is not the greatest in this. There's no memorable themes that I can think of. But the songs that they choose to play, Guns N' Roses, all those songs and moments were epic, including the new Marvel intro, which was an electric guitar playing for the iconic sound that we've heard since Thor The Dark World, they really did I really like
1: that Yeah, it was very interesting, it didn't open with the Marvel logo, they started right with gore, and then mm-hmm. it transitioned into the Marvel logo
0: Yeah, They needed to give you time because that scene was really sad, to like get back into things I really like that, the musical choices, the songs that they chose to use in this movie, they worked really really well
2: I disagree with that, I liked the Marvel intro, where they changed that to electric guitars, but they use Guns N' Roses, that same song, Sweet Child of Mine. These at the beginning and these in the end credits right at the beginning of the credits. So you hear that song twice in the same movie, and I think that's a mistake. Hmm. Uh, if they were to use all of these songs, they should have done a Guardians with it, where they had a whole mixtape and then just played through a bunch of songs throughout the movie. But hearing just one song, it's the same song that's in the trailer, too. So... I didn't think it worked mm. for me. I got sick of, I got sick something of the song. That didn't work for Michael. Let's go. The, I got sick of the song the first time I heard it. So Even though I'm a fan of that rock, I'm I'm a fan of old school rock. I like that stuff.
0: Why it just didn't work for you cuz it they didn't It didn't work because
2: I've heard it so many times with all the trailers and all the all the promotional material used that song. That was the only song that played through the entire thing. I was just hoping they would use something else. In so Guardians they used a different song from the trailers to the movies and uh, i don't think they used one in the infinity war trailer but
0: yeah it so did you not like the immigrant song when they used that twice in the trailer for thor ragnarok
2: uh i don't remember i don't remember hmm. immigrant that- song i think is a bit different i don't know
0: immigrant song was great yeah. and it's used at the beginning and the end that's of used ragnarok. a
2: lot more in different movies though too
0: oh is it like
2: Back in Black is another one where it's more forgivable because it's been in so many different movies. Um, like, Back in Black is both in Iron Man and Far From Home and a couple other uh, Marvel movies, I think. I just forget. Hmm. Uh, but Sweet Child of the Mind is less used, and I think that might be why. I don't know. It's it's just a little thing. I'm not taking points off for okay. it. Okay.
0: All right. Well, I think we should get to our points or our score for this film. And I think we're going to try out something new here, folks. Every time we go and see a new film, we're going to have a score in mind. I have a score in mind for this film. 92. But when we go and see a new film, since we are so fresh on it and giving a score so quickly afterwards, it's kind of like, I mean, you need, you just need time to sit with it. So we're going to average out our scores. Well, you know, we're not going to average out our scores like we do for the Marvel series.
1: We're going right. to come to an agreement collectively pick one score yes to rate this movie
0: and i will start with ethan what is your personal score for this movie or would you say i'll come to this point you know like where would you put this film because you're largely negative
1: yeah i definitely do think this is the we. like when i sit down and think about a film that i have disliked this much I kind of don't know if there's another film in the entire MCU. Like, I just, I, I really don't like Iron Man 2. But other than that, I don't know a film that disappoints me as much as this one. So, this one, I got, I put this around a, a six. A six? Yeah. Okay.
0: Well, Captain Marvel, even?
1: No, I'd prefer Captain Marvel over this.
0: All right. That's fair. The Scrolls point really disappointed over me. Morbius. In in the Captain Marvel one. I I hated
1: what they did with the scrolls, but- But you get Nick Fury back, you get Colson back. I think all that is great. I did. So it's six for you. Six
0: for me, yeah. Are you willing to put that at a six, Micah, or you want to come up or down for that score?
2: I think, personally, I gave it a 6.8. Okay. Okay. So um, my thought was, looking at our, our previous scores, was it better than Howard the Duck? Yes. It was better <laughs> than Howard the Duck. I'll say that. Uh, was it better than Blade 1?
0: Well, because this, this is not going on our like, official score. Okay. It's, right. it's going as on a point t- of reference. Yeah, a point go. of okay. reference. Okay. I'm okay. putting
2: it on our list, and we can change it when we do the rewatch of it there later. There we go. Perfect. So that we have that instantly to, to find. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, we gave Blade a 6.9. I don't think it was quite as good as Blade. So I agree. I just put it point one lower. I don't think it was, because um, then our next one would be, um, like around X Men. So I, th- I think it was around the X Men Blade territory. Like there were some pretty mm. solid jokes in there. Not quite as good action wise or story wise as Blade and X Men, but still all around
0: a, like
2: yeah, I'd I'd watch that maybe once more. So, but.
0: Yeah. So you would give it a 6.8. Six point 8. 6. eight. Yes. But Ethan gave it a 6. So yes. are you okay with it being there, or do you want it to go up? Ben, let, let's get your score. Yeah, all right. Let's Collectively, we can um, all fight over a score.
2: Because yeah. then if i got to fight up another point and a half or whatever, you're going to rank it. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I would give it a 5. A mm. uh, lot that doesn't work for me. Mm. And my growing frustration with Phase 4 of the MCU is, is – compounds with this movie and i did not want that to happen i have been some would say overly critical of the phase Mm. four marvel properties that they've come out with with a few exceptions definitely i mean no way home is like top five for me and that was phase four so that's fine but this it just continues my pain with the mcu and where they're heading so yeah it's a five but i almost want to put it even lower now that we're talking about it. Are
2: movies worse than Daredevil?
0: I'll say, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't mm. want to put it lower, but like a five is kind of where, and I think that's what I gave Daredevil, right? Daredevil's a five, a five for you. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, this is, uh, this is right there. I it's also different, Daredevil. though,
1: because we're comparing these old first-generation Marvel movies to what is currently a powerhouse, big-budget MCU with characters we already love. Yeah. It's I, different. This movie should have been seven out of ten easily by just having chris Hemsworth back i expect a lot more from this movie and where they're going but
0: no why does it fall at a five or six you know why is this one of the worst i mean what movie has been like terrible you know of the yeah you're right like
1: this is i don't know if i've ever had this reaction coming out of a marvel film you know like why? because with captain marvel We weren't expecting a ton going into that. We're like, all right, we're getting a buffer movie between Infinity War and Endgame. Any Marvel content is good at this point because we get two movies a year back in 2019. But three. Okay, three movies a year. Whatever, Ben. Sorry. But.
0: uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's a big difference,
1: man. I know. I know. (laughs) I I mean, it doesn't even compare to what we're getting now with all the shows and the the movies. (laughs) But yeah, that. We weren't expecting a Town Cab Marvel. We're like, all right, we're going to meet this new character. We're going to get some Nick Fury. We're going to get some Coulson action. It's just a buffer film between Infinity War and Endgame. Mm. So that's why it's different for me. This movie is not a buffer film. This is the continuation of Thor Odinson. And to me, it doesn't hit that.
2: The last Marvel movie um, that we got that was not very well received like at all even worse than Captain Marvel was Eternals. Mm,
0: that's right. but That
2: one is uh, sitting at a 52 critic and a 47 audience.
0: I don't get the hate for that movie, man. I don't either. I'm an Eternals fan. YouTube. Yeah, are yeah we Eternals. Collectively Eternals Eternal yeah. fans yeah. here. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's good stuff. I yeah. like that movie a lot. Um,
1: I don't think it was
2: the best, but I think it did a lot for the lore and it did a oh, lot no, for, for setting sure. up the next phase. I do yeah. think
1: that this is easily my least favorite Phase 4 film. Easily. Mm-hmm. I put it above black widow or i put black widow above this Mm. well
2: i mean i'd say it is too uh just er, i think it's competing with black widow uh i think it's close like it'll be forgettable after a while just like black widow for me yeah um only things i remember about black widow is that florence Pugh was introduced is she introduced yep yep yeah and uh david harbour's in it
0: and how trash they did taskmaster i'll never give that up
2: oh yeah taskmaster was forgettable
0: um but anyway, I mean, I don't really want to come up from a five,
1: guys. But I mean Let's go six. Come on, a bargain right in the middle. Yeah, go six. Let's go six. You can go to six, Ben. You think it's a
0: point and a half
2: worse than Morbius?
0: Think about <laughs> it though. What'd you <laughs> what, give Morbius? Six think and about a half. it though. Oh. I was more amused, as I said, watching Morbius, Morbius than I was mused. this. What have we really said? positively about this movie i mean micah you like the jokes jokes. but like none of that worked for me and that was a huge part of the movie and gore wasted as a villain thor the main character the reason i'm showing up for this movie is a bumbling idiot you know like there's so much wrong for this like russell crowe's in this what but he's also a bumbling idiot he does nothing with that role except for talking a weird accent you know he does pull a nice
2: zeus that is zeus (laughs)
0: I don't like, I guess you know, yeah, I guess we could meet in the middle and go for a six,
2: I accept a six, yeah if you if you keep a five, then that averages us out to a six or a five point nine, which puts us exactly where Morbius is, so I accept that this is as good as Morbius as amusing as <laughs> Morbius That
1: <laughs> just feels dumb to say, but i i like I like a six for this, yeah, Dude, yeah for now, six I'll accept that
0: six is six
1: is fine. So there
0: you have it folks, that's Multiverse Monologues review.
1: And I I do also want to dive into the legacy of Thor and mm. the legacy he's leaving behind is based on excitement of characters currently in the MCU. Where would we rank Thor? Cuz for me he's definitely under Doctor Strange, definitely under Spider-Man. Uh in just caring about him and just uh, how they're written. Shang-Chi? Where Shang-Chi fall? Do I like Thor more than Shang-Chi right now? Not the Thor they're giving us. No. I'll tell I, you that.
0: Listen, Shang-Chi every day gets better as I think about it more. I really like I the
1: I was sitting in my room today. I almost watched Shang-Chi, just chilling.
0: Dude, Shang-Chi was awesome. Shang-Chi was great. and But you're right. Do I want to see a Shang-Chi 2 or a Thor 5? I'll take Shang-Chi 2, man. Definitely over a Thor 5 for sure so i think the problem is you have your mcu and it starts off with iron man and cap and thor and hulk but those three really carry those first those first 5 7 years and then you get guardians and ant-man and black panther and doctor strange the whole world starts to open up and really—it's really working in those first MCU movies. Like, but you don't have those core anymore. You know, like you know how much I care about like Iron Man and Captain America. Like, those guys were the cornerstones of the MCU. And Thor, and, uh, you care about yes. Thor a lot. But th- those two, though. Yeah, the heart. They were the heart and soul of the MCU, like for sure. And you don't have them anymore. And the way that they ended their characters and story arcs, phenomenal great but now we're at a point where it's like all right you know where the 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 top authority was for those 10 11 years and that was like all right if anyone's going to know about this it's iron man and he's going to be involved if it's a huge global threat who's going to be involved if it's a huge global threat and i now?
1: i do think we're still in the early stages of phase 4 everything was building the end game that took what did that take T- 10 years to execute i think we're we're still in the first few years of this phase i think we just need patience five years down the line i i'm hoping we'll be able to look back and say you know they were all building into this it was a little rocky it was a little rough at first because you have you, you got to throw COVID into this too mm-hmm. covid is definitely a big factor of this and i think they're still working out the kinks of this they're still trying to figure out how to transition to that because you do have something building with kang and the multiverse you do have all that going and yeah. i think they are teasing secret wars you have something building there i just think we need to just have patience that's what the beauty was with the first few phases of the mcu we were patient we waited for those to roll out we're like all right this is building to something that's getting better and better so i still i still have hope i'm not i'm not completely hopeless in kevin Feige and the mcu no
0: as we've said many times in Feige, we trust right he has really never let us down when it really comes to the big movies you know there's been a few duds along the way but were there a few duds in phase one of uh the marvel cinematic universe yeah there was so i think you're right optimism and patience is the way to go as anakin skywalker says i'd
1: say patience just wait wait till the day that the face of the mcu is Tom Holland Spider-Man and Charlie Cox Daredevil. That's the day I am waiting for. Daredevil.
0: Yep. He uh, you got to you got to remember Daredevil. So there is hope, but even though if you're not a fan of this movie, there is definitely hope and there's no reason to give up. That's for sure. You know, even if we experience a dud of a movie, which isn't a dud of a movie to 60% of fans, no, you know, like No, lots of people love this movie. Exactly. So lots it, of people do. it's not the end of the world.
1: Like, you want to do a, a good person rant on this? Because me and Ben have been... Good person rant? Yeah, yeah. me and Ben have been bashing yeah. on this show. Yeah, we want to yeah. leave this on a good note. I mean, I, I kind of had love a, a little rant earlier
2: where I was like, yeah, I like the jokes. I like the... Uh, I like a lot of stuff about this movie, so. Um, and, of course, like you guys said, it's not a perfect movie, but what movie is perfect? True.
0: Um, Last Samurai, directed by Edward <laughs> Zwick, starring Tom Cruise and Ken Watanabe. <laughs> Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship. <laughs> <Just laughs> all kidding, right. Go all ahead. right. <laughs>
1: Uh, Lord of the Rings, Two Towers.
2: That's that's
1: the best one. <laughs> Ooh, really? <laughs> but uh, We all yeah. got a different favorite Lord of the Rings movie. We do, actually. Yeah. One, two, three. We yep. should. We could totally debate this someday. Oh, 100%. Oh, that would be so fun. But I
0: think there is no debate in that the whole thing is a I think they're all accepted
2: piece. as the best movie. Oh, like, yeah. They're, they're totally fine.
0: Best movie trilogy, without yeah. a doubt. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, I, I like this movie. I, I like the, uh, uh, it's not the best movie. It doesn't have the best jokes. got its charm though and that's what i care about and uh it unfortunately has uh trashed a couple characters but a lot of the characters were already kind of on their way out uh thor especially i think he's on his way out um i think he's got too much uh i don't know about that Changed too much
1: he has changed changed a ton but
2: because he was different from the other characters in avengers 1 and thor 1 he is such a different character now. Shakespearean Thor. Yeah, Shakespearean yeah. Thor. He's such a different character.
1: And uh And I mean a a change in that character is a big part to why Chris Hemsworth still loves playing him and yeah. wants to continue playing him for many, many years. Which I think is great win for the franchise, but they gotta I really think they gotta bring some seriousness back into him. Mm-hmm. I haven't given up on the Thor character.
0: Okay. Yeah, for sure I'll, I'll still hold out hope absolutely so there you have it folks multiverse monologues thor love and thunder review this is going to be out pretty much as soon as i i I get home i'm going to edit this and get it out but uh, let us know what you think about this movie for sure if you're watching on youtube leave those comments down below i if you're one of those people who really like it i might not fight you on it say why you like this movie in the comments for
1: sure yeah obviously we're we're huge mcu fans we, we don't go into mcu movies ready and willing to trash on it. No. We want to We want grab at any straw and love the film. But I, I just didn't find too much love in this. Exactly. So
0: that's it, guys. I think that does it for Thor Love and Thunder. I think so. Yeah. So, otherwise our next review coming out is going to be a while because you guys are going to Alaska. Yes, we, we are. are. Tomorrow. Tomorrow yeah? morning.
1: Tomorrow morning. You guys are shipping out. So. We're flying out, actually. So, uh, yeah. We'll correct you on that, Ben.
2: We got the uh, Miss Marvel finale next week, though. We're hoping to do a series recap on that. Yes, we haven't done a single Miss Marvel episode mm-hmm. recap, so uh, and we're Ben's got to whole... watch it all. Yeah, ben, get... ben, you have to catch up, so That's that right. might be another week. Don't <laughs>
1: right. worry, I'll, I'll yeah. definitely bring some more positive energy to, to Miss Marvel, even if Ben comes in with. Yeah, there's been a name. lot of good
2: stuff coming out of Miss Marvel, so I'm excited to talk about that. Um, after that, we've got DC League of Super Pets coming yeah. out that next week. We, we we might talk about that. We might. It's the next biggest DC release since the Batman. (laughs) Facts.
1: Well, and it does have Keanu Reeves' Batman in it. So I I, I think it will be a fun movie to go see. And
2: John Krasinski as Superman. That's true.
0: I gotta say, we probably won't talk about it unless, like, unless we do like a short little detail on oh, it. Oh yeah, Ethan. If Ethan and, if Ethan talk about and it. Michael <laughs> want to talk about it, that's for sure. Then that'll happen. But we're also going a to continue decompose- or the Marvel rewatch with our next movie, which is Fantastic Four, and so that's going to be coming at soon in some of the next weeks. But uh, you know, you're never out of content, so. Um, I think the boys just had their finale, which was today, and that's been doing really well. Probably not something we're going to talk about, but um, yeah, a little too adult. Go finished. watch, uh, go yeah. watch
1: Umbrella Academy, though. I'm a massive fan of that show, and they have not confirmed season four yet. I need a season four, so definitely go watch Umbrella Academy. Season three is good. I it, probably the weakest season, but I don't know. I love the characters <laughs> and the show. I want to see it Continue. That's a
2: Netflix show, right? Yeah. Yeah, so they're probably going to uh put the axe to it this season. I know. Season. That's why I'm telling people <laughs> to go watch it. Cuz it has okay. on a
0: note that it cannot end. Ooh, no, don't do that. You got to finish out a show. Uh, it's pain pain I don't I'm not but even a fan do a of finale that show. Season. Yeah, you definitely have to. As as a fan of the And someone more.
1: someone will revive it. Someone will.
0: Is Better Call Saul done
2: yet?
1: No, Better Call Saul comes back the 11th. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to be watching that, too. Yeah, we got plenty of content. If you're not an MCU fan and you listen to this, you have plenty of stuff,
2: too. My only thing I'm doing besides this show is uh, I'm still playing through, like, a Star Wars. (laughs) Nice. I think we're, like, 93 days out from launch. Yeah. (laughs) Still cranking through it.
0: Nice. Well, yeah. I've been watching uh, The Boys. I'm eight, uh, seven, six episodes in. I'm six episodes through. Season one? Season three. Oh, okay. I've watched the other two and it's legitimately the most vulgar and explicit season of the boys for sure and it's also the freaking best season oh my gosh it's been absolutely off the walls and the last two episodes have been pretty I'm excited to watch the last two episodes let's just say that they're doing some crazy things and Homelander is quickly becoming like top tier villain material. Like he, when you talk about top villains in all of like superhero fiction, he enters that category. That guy, I'm forgetting his name, but he delivers one of the greatest portrayals on that show. So that's been really good, but that's everything that's pretty much come out lately go listen to our stranger things podcast uh, which is out which is with uh sabrina anderson that was really fun to go do if you're still wanting to ride the high that is season four of stranger things but uh, otherwise we will see you guys uh, next week on the podcast look forward to this review Uh leave a review on spotify and apple podcasts and otherwise we will see you in the next review I am Ben Rayside. I'm Ethan. I'm Micah. And we all hope you have an absolutely fantastic day.